Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 4th. May the 4th be with oh you, boy. 2020. Wow. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. <laughs> and I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, over the weekend here in the Broadway radio feeds, we had mm-hmm. some very interesting and exciting stuff happen oh, on wow. okay. Sunday. The, uh, the very first thing that we had happen was on Saturday. I had my new Tell Me More episode with the great Tony winner and Theater Hall of Famer David Henry Wong yes. talking about soft power. Um, if you saw a tweet from me a few weeks ago when I talked about, or a week and a half ago now, I talked about how I don't normally get nervous for interviews, but I bumbled yeah. one and just sounded like a complete blithering <laughs> idiot. That was this one. I was so, I felt like so inferior to this genius and Amazing. he was so Brilliant. nice and yeah. so kind um i was horrible but i was able to oh, edit a, you know a decent amount of the horribleness out uh still wasn't my best but uh fix it in post but um exactly. so uh, but that was that one he was great had a lot of insight about uh soft power and he gave us some insight into what he is doing in reworking the book for Disney's Aida. Had some oh. really, really interesting things to say about that. So check out that episode of Tell Me More in both podcast feeds. Then on Sunday morning, for the first time in 11 years of this week on Broadway, James, Peter, and Michael opened it up to listeners to interact with the show and to listen in live via Zoom yeah. for our Patreon subscribers. I talked to James just briefly and he said it went really, really well. Um, so I don't know if they'll be doing that more during this quarantine and maybe even more in general. Um, so in this episode, they talked about their favorite movie musicals that were based on shows that originally happened on stage. So not things that were like Sound of or, um, uh, uh, Singing in the Rain or mm. even like La La Land recently, but things that originated as stage musicals and then, and then became a movie the sure a la yeah, annie so, yes exactly and then on sunday night at 10 o'clock actually 10:01 p.m i published the final zoe's extraordinary playlist recap episode on our patreon jennifer McHugh and i got into the last two episodes of the season and i did not like episode 10 which was the last one from the previous episode. I really hated it. But the last two <laughs> episodes of the season were great. And the fi- the season finale Good. was Good. spectacular. Oh, um, I was not expecting really that. Really great. Okay. Yeah, it was fantastic. And it, um, I mean, you're going to need a box and a half of tissues, but it was Ooh. really, really great. And in our list of Palooza for the week, Jen and I talk about who we want to see as guest stars if there is a season two, not only that, we talk about like what, you know, the actor or the actress, what part they want to play. And I even threw in um, a scenario for which what song I want them to sing. So and just a hint, this was not planned, but all 10 of the people that we suggested are theater people. So it happens. Yeah, it happens. I'm it's not, a musical I'm, TV I'm not show. particularly surprised by that. No, none at all. But <laughs> you can get all of that stuff in both of our uh Broadway Radio feeds, hover to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. So, busy weekend. Busy weekend. And now with all of that out of the way, let's get into the news. And we are going to start with the Lucille Lortel Awards, which were announced on Sunday evening. And a very exciting um, live stream that benefited the Actors Fund, yeah. hosted by Mario Cantone. Let's run through some of these winners. In the Outstanding Play category, the winner was Heroes of the Fourth Turning by Will Arbery. For Outstanding Musical, it was Octet 
with book, music, and lyrics by Dave Malloy. Outstanding Revival for Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough by Intazaki Shange. Uh, outstanding Solo Show, no shocker here, Dana no, H. Yeah. Uh, by Lucas Hanath. Outstanding Director, Annie Tippy for Octet. Outstanding Choreographer, Travis Wall for The Wrong Man. I like that. Um, outstanding lead actor in a play goes to Edmund Donovan for Greater Clements. Outstanding lead actress in a play, Emily Davis. Is this a room? Outstanding featured actor in a play, the great and the good former Tell Me More guest, Francis Zhu for Cambodian Rock Band. Outstanding featured actress in a play, Michelle Pock for Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Outstanding lead actor in a musical, the thing that I think made everybody in the theater community incredibly happy, Larry Owens for Correct. A Strange Loop. Yes. Outstanding lead actress in a musical, Grace McLean for In the Green. Outstanding featured actor in a musical, Ashley, we have a tie. Not only I did know. Christian Borel the win The first for award of the night, Horrors. too. Yeah, it, it opened everything up. We had Christian Borel for Little Shop of Horrors and John Andrew Morrison from A Strange Loop. Then we have... Um, outstanding featured actress in a musical goes to Kuhu Verma for Octet. And then there are some other of the technical awards, which we will have in the show notes if you want to check them out. Actually, we've talked about this like it, normally we wouldn't spend. I mean, we would actually go through all of these awards, all sure. the Lortel Awards. Yeah. But I don't think we would get this excited about it. Um, yeah. But it was wonderful. <laughs> and I love some of these things. A lot of these shows I didn't get to see. Like, I, I was actually able to see a lot of them oh, yeah. on, like, my June trip last yeah. year that got canceled. Oh, God, um, that's right. That was so long ago. Yeah, it really was. <sighs> um, but so happy for some of these and very, very exciting. And I'm glad that despite the fact that the season was shortened, that these shows and these performances and these works were recognized. Yeah, it's kind of amazing to think about that, that this was, you know, a shortened season and you still have this absolute incredible caliber of nominees. Michael Urie had said it when he presented, he was like, my, my, how I have missed you off Broadway. And that's exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. how I felt about it. It was really good to see such a nice mix of, as we've already talked about the nominees, but also a good mix when it came to the winners. We'll be curious to see if the other remaining award shows we have follow kind of the same suit, but just some stellar shows and stellar performances. I was thrilled to see Emily Davis which was probably my favorite performance of last season uh as you said everyone was happy about larry owens there were some surprises for me i was i was surprised to see octet win over um a strange was loop too. that was probably the biggest surprise for me but i mean just going through the list of nominees and the list of winners it's it's hard it, you, you can't be disappointed in any of them they're just all so incredible absolutely well congratulations to all of the winners and the nominees yes, it's it's it, everybody who puts on a show uh, in new york city deserves um applause and uh, recognition earnestly so, an honor just to be nominated seriously it's hell it's an honor just to get a show up in new york uh, but, for real yeah all right well let's get into the news despite the notable lack of theater industry representatives included among the names recently unveiled for the new york forward reopening advisory board last week deadline reported that the broadway league is still closely collaborating with the board about re, uh, a reopening strategy for New York City's theatrical community. 
the Broadway League president, my good friend Charlotte St. Martin, told Deadline, we are completely aligned <laughs> with his thinking. I mean, I, well, I don't know why you're like um, the, the Broadway League is working alongside two advisors and former gubernatorial aides, Steve Cohen and Bill Mulrow, uh, as they are heading up the effort to have their input included in for how New York State and City will reopen. In a similar kind of vein, last week, the absolute bumbling idiot that is Nikki Haley tweeted out Correct. that she was concerned about the fact that um, a portion of the money from the CARES Act was going to arts organization uh, organizations. And that was not going to sit well with the one and only Kate Schindel, Actors' Equity President. Yes. She is a she has been very restrained through her course as president True. and has done a very good True. job of yeah. being diplomatic. She did not give a shit about being diplomatic here. Uh, and she She's, shouldn't. No, absolutely not. In a, in a statement released by Actors' Equity, she said, quote, When Congress passed the $2 trillion Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Securities Act, which included a half trillion dollars in relief to big companies, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley tweeted an objection to a relatively tiny allocation for arts institutions. The bill included $250 million, less public television and radio, the Kennedy Center, the National Endowment for the Arts, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. How many more people... Nikki Haley asked, could have been helped with this money. This is back to uh, Schindel's uh, statement. Yeah. Here's a news flash: Living, breathing people make art, perform on the stage, and report stories on public broadcasting. As a former South Carolina governor, Miss Haley is presumably aware of the annual Spolito Festival USA that takes place each spring in Charleston. If she's never attended, I can assure her that the opera, music, theater, and dance at this world-class event are performed by real people with real lives, <laughs> real families, and real bills to pay. She goes on from there. I just don't understand. I, I take that back. I do understand. This yeah. is red meat for the constituents that Nikki Haley wants to get of riled course. up and wants yes. to support. Yes. This has nothing to do with actually caring about anybody because I don't think that she does. Um, that's not true. I'm sure she cares about her family. Yeah, I'm sure um, she cares about herself. Yeah, but I mean, you either have to be completely dense or willfully ignorant to not understand that this money is going to help people. And I don't know it, it, what her game is here, but it's clearly a game and something that is, you know, probably gets her base riled up, but shows just how stupid she actually is. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's always the thing, especially at the start of quarantine slash self-isolation uh, of everyone saying, cause everyone's, you know, watching TV or movies or consuming art in some form like this is the, the people that have made art are the people that are getting everyone through it. So to just be like, well, this thing clearly doesn't matter. The arts clearly don't matter is such a slap in the face, but it always is. Yeah. I mean, there's always yeah. there's always the argument that comes from politicians of a certain party <laughs> that uh the arts are receiving too much money, which we know is just not the case. There's, there are numbers there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, um, unfortunately, we had some other bad news related to the coronavirus pandemic because on Friday, BCEFA announced that their annual striptease spectacular Broadway Bears would not be having its 30th anniversary event this coming June. Instead, they will be postponing until June 20th, 2021 at New York City's Hammerstein Ballroom. Ashley, 
if they don't have Broadway beers this year, how is everyone going to get their thirst traps out there and <laughs> make it look like it's for a I'm good sorry. cause? I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> I mean, not, not, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, not. come on, it's, you're it's... just as guilty as wow. I am. Stop it. Wow. Okay. Very rude. <laughs> I'm sure someone will find a way. I'm sure Gary Mitchell will, I mean... who's the creator of Broadway Bears, I'm sure he'll find a way to do a virtual strip-a-thon or something put those thirst traps out there regardless that's all i have to say i i am sure that somebody sitting in brooklyn on this skype call right now would be willing to give money for those thirst traps yeah anyway absolutely (laughs) (laughs) moving on um we've talked a little bit multiple times actually over the course of the last few weeks about the situation going on with brown paper tickets not paying their clients or their customers the monies for tickets that have been bought for their shows Now, many of those clients have turned to the Washington State Attorney General's office to to seek assistance in receiving their payments, according to the Seattle Times. Uh, The Washington Attorney General Bob Ferguson said last week, quote, My office received 33 complaints regarding brown paper tickets. That's a very large number of complaints in a relatively short period of time. We take this very seriously. And actually, since his statement, that number, according to the Seattle Times, has actually gone up to 39. Mm. Um, I'm guessing that means that brown paper tickets is based in Seattle. Um, that would be my so. guess. Yes. Um, but they're uh, among the many clients that are waiting to get monies. Um, there's uh, Seattle based companies that are owed anywhere from. $740 to $14,000. Yeah. Um, and this is a lot of money, especially when this is money that could help keep organizations open yeah. and could pay the artists that thought they should have this money by now. Yep, yep. Um, and if not, so look, I, I it, it's hard uh, because I want all those people to get paid and I wish brown paper tickets would give them their money. But I also understand that they probably were working at a bit of a deficit as it was, and they probably were, you know, Robin Peter to pay Paul, and that caught up to them. And I'm not saying it's a Ponzi scheme or anything like that, but it's, no, you know, they were no. probably a small business, you know, bootstrapping it, and um, it caught up with them. And that's really too bad uh, because this is going to have a very large ripple effect into the community once shows do start happening again. All right. In other news, Ashley, um, apparently, okay, so stop me if you've heard this before. Okay. Both South Korea and the United States had their first reported case and confirmed case of the coronavirus on the same day back in January. Mm-hmm. However, South Korea did a very stringent plan of not only self-isolation and social distancing, but they also immediately put into place a contact tracing plan that was able to make sure that those people who were, in fact, Im- uh, impacted by the coronavirus were not, were not, in, uh, infecting other people as opposed to the United States, which just lets everybody kind of go about their plans with no testing or contact tracing mm-hmm. and then people go out to parks and stuff and infect other people. But because of those efforts, according to the Korea Herald, performing arts institutions in South Korea are planning to resume their activities this week. However, they will be complying with guidelines set in place by the government, which include body temperature checks hand sanitizer usage, disinfection, uh, and making emergency contact lists for attendees. Audience members will also be required to wear masks at all times and will need to remain two meters apart, six feet apart. Um, You know, there was a great thing that I retweeted from an ESPN, that's sports balls people, um, from an ESPN (laughs) uh, commentator named Pablo Torre, who talked about this very same thing about 
South Korea baseball is actually coming back. Yeah. Actually, you and I are both yep. huge baseball fans, and yep. that has the, you know this has delayed the opening of the Major League Baseball season now by almost five six weeks. And South Korea yes, baseball is playing because of these same things, these efforts that the government made to actually be competent. Um, they are now playing sports. They are now having theatrical and performing arts events. The United States still is trying to convince people not to spit in other people's faces because they're <laughs> mad about not being able to go yeah, have have the uh, sampler platter yeah. at Applebee's. Yeah, you love to see it. I know everyone wants to... Uh, anyone who is equally as bad uh, at any form of geography as I am would want to be like, oh, well, the population... The, there's such a huge difference in population. There's a huge difference in population. There's still 50 million people in South yeah. Korea, though. So you're not... You're, you're still operating on a very large scale. So for us to all be sitting here and we can't get people to stay indoors because they want to go get haircuts and things it's just while i'm watching uh, um, a, one of my friends is a baseball writer in south korea and had been posting <laughs> baseball oh, wow. pics all this past weekend and early last week like the countdown of we're about to start baseball i'm just like we're not gonna have baseball till next year so that's nice because we don't know how to handle our population at all no, no, we do not. Well, Ashley, we do have one bit of interesting, good, like traditional news to talk about here in this section. Mm. Last week, Baz Bamaboy reported that there is a new favorite to play Miss Honey in the film adaptation of the mu movie or of the musical version of Matilda. We previously had talked about the fact that Ray Fiennes has now been officially confirmed uh -huh. as headmistress as uh, headmistress Agatha Trunchbull, and previously Baz had reported that he had heard that Emma Stone was in the right. air to play Miss Honey. Yeah. However, he says that there is a new favorite, and that is recent Emmy Award winner Jodie Comer of uh the killing, killing eve. eve show yeah. of bbc which if you haven't i've I've only seen the first season so i'm behind but the first season which was written and executive produced and created by um, phoebe waller bridge, uh, phoebe waller -Bridge mm -hmm. is spectacular it's uh jody comer and yeah. sandra oh it's one of the best seasons of television i've ever seen um she's wonderful she's uh i've never heard her sing but she is from the uk i want to say she's not british but maybe Irish or Welsh or something. I'm not 100 percent sure. That could be wrong, but um, it fits a little bit more she's with uh, with that. Jodie Comer. She's from Liverpool, I think. Is she okay? Uh, whatever. All the accents sound the same. Yeah, sure. Uh, but she's wonderful. <laughs> so if this ends up having to be the case again, I don't know if she can sing, but uh, acting wise, I think she could pull this off very, oh, yeah. very well. Yeah, and I mean, she's a big favorite right now, considering her role in Killing Eve. So that will get a lot of people to go see a movie they should already be seeing. But you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, real quick for the recommendations this week, Ashley. There's a website, and I honestly do not know who is running it. So I don't if someone either. Knew, yeah, I don't know who this is. Oh, well, never. I take that back. It, I scroll down to the bottom. It's made with love by Broadway Brands, which is the folks, which is Matt Britton behind um, Broadway News and oh, the Broadway Briefing. So good okay, for them. Matt nice. Britton's a, a good guy. Yeah. Um, this is a new website called Curtain Times, and they have a running list of every single like live streaming event happening um it's wonderful from master classes to so the 54 much. below at home love it. to um readings to you know these live podcasts and stuff 
Um, it is great. Amazing. I was getting so... Yeah. I think yeah, a lot of hard. us are getting overwhelmed by... In a good way. Overwhelmed in a good way that there's yeah. so much to see. Could not keep track of it. So this is amazing. Yeah, like there's I've, there's been like multiple things that I've paid like the online ticket for and just haven't oh, yeah. watched in the two yeah. weeks that I was supposed to. Um, so this is very helpful. So check that out. And then this is a read. This is not a watch. But uh, Jackson McHenry from Vulture did a investigative scoop on how so the Sondheim 90th birthday concert came to be. He had a great conversation with Rolla Sparza, who was the host and, and the producer of it, Mary Mitchell Campbell, the music director, and Paul Wontorek, who is the editor-in-chief of Broadway.com and the director of the event. Um, a great Q&A, great stuff. Um, they went through and had a really long, in-depth conversation about how everything worked. So uh, check that out. And didn't um, it work. is fantastic. <laughs> worked and well, didn't it worked work. eventually. Yeah. Yeah, it, it worked eventually. Yeah, um, most of it. Yeah, most of it. Um, and then the final thing, I'm going to stick with the Sondheim theme. Oh, last good. Week, I knew I could the last you. week, yeah, a group of uh, Broadway stars, including uh, Jessica Vosk, Nancy Opel, Nikki Renee Daniels, uh, Brian Hamari Parham, um, Art Baldry so Caldwell, good, Caitlin yeah. Davidson, a bunch of other folks, uh, Andrew Barth Feldman. They um, put together a Zoom version of the prologue of Into the Woods. It was great so good um, yeah yeah just, i mean just, just Vosk for every role ever for one thing seriously well any any witch yeah because yeah anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um but nancy obel playing jack's mother like i would want to see that casting um it's uh, so yeah. so good andrew barthelman is jack like i would see that casting too like it's just uh nikki renee daniels is fantastic as oh, cinderella yeah um so i'm i'm just very here for all of this i think this is great it worked super well um, so check that out. Um, and I know they probably can't do more of it, but I'd watch a whole production of Into the Woods like this, just like we said with um, yeah. Pacific Overtures. I'll after, do it. Um, Give yeah, it to like, me. Let's, yeah, we'll take them all. We will definitely take them all. All right, Ashley, that is all that we have for today. Thank you all for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. All right, I've got a number of interviews lined up for this week, so we'll be bringing you those throughout the course of the next week or so. Uh, thank you again for listening. Don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate uh, not only your support on Patreon, but just your support as a listener and social media. Head over to Twitter and Facebook and follow us there. It's, it helps us a tremendous amount. Uh, and of course, head over to wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. We would certainly appreciate that. And besides, what the hell else do you have to do? <laughs> All right. Have a great Monday, everybody, and we will talk to you tomorrow.